So, Adam, you get to play the character Iggy88, who is a genuinely nice guy. Slash android assassin. So this will be a stretch for you. Okay. So this will be a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I can't break out my Donald Duck voice for this, but I'll do my best. Well, Iggy, remember, so Iggy... Iggy's nice. He's got an established voice. (laughs) He's got kind of a higher range. Iggy has a kind of a higher range. Um... He, but he also, well, the thing is, he speaks English in the way that I speak Japanese in like, in like a a, a copy of ways that he's heard someone say it before. So (laughs) he occasionally will adopt a main accent or something just because he thinks that's how it's said. Oh, so go wild with the accents then. So he just, (laughs) he does not sound natural. He is an android pretending to be a human. Even though most of his all friends right. know he's an android, so making fun of second language learners always a comedy gold mine. Okay, yeah. here we go. He does have a number in his name, after all. He, that he t- that he tells yeah. people. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, here we go. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Welcome to Basically Tall Tales, the collaborative short story podcast featuring tales you can basically call tall. My name's Todd. I'm Jared. And I'm Adam. Each week, one of our writers will write one-third of a story before handing it off to the next writer to either continue or finish. The first writer will get to choose whatever genre they want to write in, and the other two will just have to deal with it. Today we have a story by me, Todd, with the first part of a new story. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe for more stories each week because we're always writing more comedy stories and your social media interaction keeps us going. Without further ado, here we go. So the story that I've got for you guys today is based in the same universe from our last podcast, basically sci-fi. Yeah, it's in your airy universe. Yeah, um... So, you know, for anyone who found this because it's in a findable format but hasn't listened to our old podcast, which we've referenced before as well, but, you know, isn't necessary for understanding anything. Uh, I've hopefully written this one as well so that you could just come into it and, like, you'll, you know, you'll get a feel for all who the characters are that I've already established before. Yeah. But... So you'll get a feel for it, and I don't think there's anything that you need to know before writing this one. There are names and places that I've used before, so uh, I'll need some feedback to see how much is actually understandable and how much I just think is understandable, because I'm so familiar with my own universe, <laughs> you know? Yes, as we are entirely unfamiliar with it, we will definitely have the best perspective on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it has been so long since we've heard a story from this that you know. I mean, I'm not going to say that I've forgotten anything about your universe. Um, but it'll <laughs> but be it'll be a little memory has. test for me. See, and that's what I'm saying too. Without trying to call you guys out, I'm like, I know for a fact that even when we were doing it, you guys didn't necessarily know stuff that I, you know, I thought no. that I had done. But, but no, that's look. Look, I mean, you know, you I got all the important bits. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's the pervert guy. There's the one guy on the on the hill who likes to wrestle. There's the giants who like to flex. Yeah, right. Um, and there's your Death Knight from yeah, Goofy. Wow. My death knight from WoW. Legally distinct Goofy. Yeah. It's spelled different Who on the we page. Have we, we have promised Jared. We have promised Jared. Not He's to, not, not in this episode. Not to do a Goofy episode. voice ever again. I'm sorry, dear listeners. The Goofy Goofy is dead. We will no longer ever have any more Goofy voices. What, you you already did a Goofy exactly. voice in yeah, one Yeah, I was going to say, you've, you've already done it in one. Oh, fuck. Well, don't worry, guys. I've put Goofy behind me, and I <laughs> have begun practicing my Donald Duck voice. Ooh. There you go. Yeah, there'll be a couple opportunities for you guys to practice some new voices if you want in this one. There's some unimportant characters that aren't going to come back, so you can just do whatever, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, Unless yeah. I make an important character. I, uh, you won't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> If if you're familiar with the way that Ari interacts with other characters, <laughs> well, remind me. Let, let, let's let's jump into this and remind me how Ari reacts to other characters. So <laughs> this this story is called "Hive Mind Your Manners." Nice, nice. Thank you. I don't really know the implications of that. No, no, you shouldn't, because th- it's entirely new and also yeah. perhaps meaningless. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) 2,000 years ago, in space, humans and aliens alike celebrated the emergence of interneural technology as the most convenient form of communication and online shopping, with the assistance of a headset or implants for the very daring and very wealthy. Telepathy was made available to the masses. However, The zillions used this technology to transform their society into a hive mind that crusaded across the universe, enveloping planets unfortunate enough to fall into their path. Fortunately, one brave hero named Rexus Quinn used his strength, cunning, and rugged good looks to single-handedly repel the zillions' crusade, seduce the hive mind, and then destroy it. Is this like a trailer for a movie in your sci-fi universe? <laughs> At least that's how it's told in the movies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and those movies are often played by lazy teachers in history class who then assign homework <laughs> to write a report on why the zillions were bad. <laughs> like, Ooh. imagine if a public school teacher did that with the Holocaust. Imagine if they just played the Holocaust miniseries from 1978 with Meryl Streep and no commentary or context. (laughs) That would be an incredible failure of the public school system that results in a generation of kids that less than 60 years later would be unsure if the Holocaust was a tragic event in human history or a movie they watched. (laughs) Imagine if that happened. Oh, I can. (laughs) 
anyway, there was never a second Zillion's Crusade because intraneural technology was made illegal. Good thing that got taken care of. Aerie the Executioner has no idea what the Zillion's Crusade was because he's never been to school or watched a movie. <laughs> he lives a peaceful life on Meteoria 7, a high fantasy tourist trap planet whose inhabitants are completely unaware that technology ever evolved past castles and water mills. Hey, Aerie! Greg the Ratman yelled down from the top of the stairs leading to the dungeon. Queen Mika the Mad says that after you execute those last two elves, she wants you to report directly to her chambers. What for? Aerie called back. Probably for more of that sweet lovin' you give her four to six times daily that I totally don't watch through the keyhole every single time, you sexy, buff, white-haired stallion. <laughs> if I catch you outside that door again, I will swing you around by your rat tail so hard and smash your brains <laughs> all over the wall. I like that he has a rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it, said the rat man. Two elf women were then marched down into the dungeon. One brunette and one blonde. Do the elves even have men? Is women really a necessary caveat? <laughs> uh, there were men introduced in the other story universe, okay, but yeah. Okay. Seeing the two beautiful women bound with rope around their wrists and ankles was nostalgic for Eri for some reason. <laughs> okay, ladies, heads down on the chopping block, Eri commanded. The two women ignored him. Mysteriously, their hands and feet were no longer bound. The brunette audaciously put one of her slim fingers to the executioner's lips, while the blonde knelt down and began to loosen his belt. <laughs> you damned elves are so wily! Nothing you do will convince me to spare your lives. The queen has ordered your deaths! Harry <laughs> shouted though he offered only token resistance to their advances. Eri wiggled his hips and his pants dropped around his ankles. Oh, what a predicament I've found myself in. The young, <laughs> innocent, and fiercely loyal servant to the queen, bewitched by two temptresses at the same time. What man could resist? Eri moaned. The two elves then placed all four of their lips around his... Hey, Eri, is now a good time? Iggy 88. The android assassin and former king of the frost giants tapped on Ares' VR helmet as he was jerked back to reality where he was completely naked. <laughs> Fucking snap back to reality. <laughs> Dangling in midair, strung up by wires around his wrists and ankles, with a virtual reality helmet strapped to his head and an auto blow strapped to his waist. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Help me get down, Ari said, his voice muffled <laughs> slightly by his helmet. So he just wanted Aerie. to be hanging there by his wrists <laughs> and ankles. <laughs> that's that's going to come up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ari and Iggy weren't actually on Meteoria 7. Meteoria had once been Ari's home, and he had once worked as an executioner, but that was a long time ago. Now the two friends were in Ari's man cave his private room aboard the Minerman Industries satellite orbiting New Earth 2. 
Iggy helped Airy down from his extremely elaborate and futuristic jerk-off contraption that no one in their right mind would be jealous of, secretly want, or already have drawn up in their blueprints for the dream mansion they'd build if they had that Jeff Bezos divorce money. So, what brings you to Minerman Industries, old friend? Airy asked. I'm here to pick you up, Iggy88 reminded him helpfully. We're going to the inauguration ceremony of the new Spermartian president. I called you 15 minutes ago saying to get ready. <laughs> I get dressed and come on. <coughs> <laughs> See, that, that's, that, that, that different? No, it's fine. I'm just, that's the only joke there is that he called him 15 minutes ago and he still got into his VR jerk off thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I found that funny. <laughs> Why? That's something you luxuriate in. You don't jump in for a quick fifteen-minute jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would take it. longer than fifteen minutes to get yourself tied up like that. Yeah. <laughs> Who tied him up, you? anyways? Because he's got to have I, help. I don't know. You can't get that, that. His fourth, loving wife. Fourth limb by yourself. So I'm. Might have been his wife. I'm guessing Greg the Rat Man did it. no greg the rat man a character that traveled with him for a long time but eventually they parted ways forever (laughs) airy did put on some pants but as a rule he never wore a shirt this was because the man looked like a composite of the image search results for the term beefcake daddy but with porcelain white aragorn hair and deep green eyes not once had anyone ever complained or stopped Airy from entering without a shirt. Not even Space Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> Did the elves ever figure out how to make the blood flow up the walls? <clears throat> <laughs> what? Is that a reference to Aqua Teens? Yep. Oh, yeah, because I guess he does kind of look like uh, Danzig. Danzig, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he never wears a shirt. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Airy got as dressed as he was going to get, and the two got into Iggy's space cab. Why isn't my wife going instead of me? I don't want to go. This is stupid. Airy complained, buckling his seatbelt. As president of the Minerman Industries, Nova has a lot of responsibilities. And can't always make time for public appearances like this. You're going since you have time, and since your position at the company is mostly fake. Besides, she thinks it's good for you to get out of your room once in a while. Iggy88 exposited, not realizing that the real reason is because I didn't want to make anyone attempt a female voice. Bruh. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize getting married would mean I wouldn't be allowed to fight monsters or aliens or giant wizards anymore. Airy bemoaned. It's not like I want to be stuck in that room every day with nothing to do but work out, eat awesome food, play video games, and wait for my banging hot, super smart, filthy rich wife to come home and wring me dry every night. (laughs) (laughs) Iggy understood well the pitiful situation Airy was in. (laughs) It's not like... It's not like you're not allowed to fight monsters and aliens anymore. It's just that you already defeated every single threat to the universe. Who is left to fight? No, no, hang on. How does Iggy understand this situation? (laughs) (laughs) 
we've we have... all been there, you know, <laughs> hanging in our jerk off room. <laughs> he has a uh, high emotional intellect. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Empathy. <laughs> Empathy. It's that yeah. EQ shit that everyone's on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Airy sighed. Airy and Iggy traveled the rest of the way in silence to the planet Sperm Mars. As Iggy's cab hotly penetrated Sperm Mars's atmosphere, Airy was confused by what he saw. Most planets he had landed on were blue and green, but Sperm Mars was mostly white with blocks of blue and pink. Sperm Mars is the most highly developed planet in the universe, Iggy explained. Every inch of it has been covered in concrete with blue and pink painted districts indicating areas of the planet where access is restricted by gender. Right, Airy oh. nodded. Because sperm Martian males die if they ejaculate. <laughs> That's correct, Iggy said, surprised. Airy couldn't actually be called stupid, but since he had spent most of his life unaware of life beyond his medieval planet, it was really rare for Airy to possess any knowledge about alien species. I wasn't aware that was common knowledge. How do you know that? Airy shrugged. I've seen it happen before. <laughs> in one of your VR games? Nope. In real life? Yeah. When? I don't remember. <laughs> it was good that Iggy wouldn't have to constantly <laughs> remind Airy not to make too much physical contact with any Spermartians. It was rare for Airy to know anything about alien species but it was equally rare for Aerie to visit a planet without killing any of the local law enforcement. He's gonna jerk off one of the fucking Spermartian dudes in accident? <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> After they had gone through planetary customs, Iggy and Aerie were escorted to a great auditorium for the presidential inauguration ceremony and were seated with the rest of the foreign ambassadors. Every species Airy had ever seen before was there. There were humans, rat scallions, Climax avians, Ecophrygians, Asphyxians, invaders, rockmen, Babasti, greys, Hippolaxians, and space orcs literally from Warhammer. <laughs> daka daka. They just have to believe they're in your universe and they're there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah, no, if they believe it, then they are. That's a, how a lot of the logic in my universe works. Just Well, that's that's how it. magic works for orcs in Warhammer. <laughs> that's it's how it works. Magic. Yeah. Orc yeah. magic works by belief. Yeah. They just Awesome. Yeah, so if they think if they believe red go fast, yeah, red then, makes then red things go fast. fast. And as long as oh. nobody considers the idea that they might not be able to breathe in space, then they can breathe in space. <laughs> that's why all their spaceships are cars with like convertibles <laughs> I, I didn't even know that but that's like literally how magic works in in my universe up yeah, until this yeah. point too <laughs> <laughs> well perfect they fit right in little bit spacist for them to put all the non-sperm martians in one seating area Harry said <laughs> Iggy Faith <laughs> Iggy facepalmed. It's not spacist. These are foreign ambassadors. It is a bit spacist, said the space orc ambassador who had overheard their conversation. Yeah, it's a notoreka. We're going to accidentally jerk any of them off, <laughs> said the OIU. 
<laughs> said Yoayuki, <laughs> the Ikafrijin ambassador who used yeah. to be more important. <laughs> <laughs> Watching that Spurmartian die, sobbed the Asphyxian ambassador, was the most heart-wrenching thing I've ever seen. The fact his whole family was there, and the looks on their faces when they watched him pass. I can still see them when I close my eyes. It was so tragic! Harry yelled and clenched his fists. Iggy thought it was weird that everyone, all the ambassadors and Harry, witnessed the same death, apparently in person, and apparently with the guy's family in the room. (laughs) All All the ambassadors continued crying, hugging each other, and sharing more weird details about the kid. And the ball gag in his mouth. <laughs> and the tube sock he tied around his eyes like a blindfold. <laughs> and the rope around his neck. Until finally, <laughs> everyone went quiet when the newly elected Spermartian president and his bodyguards stepped up on stage. The Spermartian president was a tall, thin, pale white alien with a bulbous head. As he stepped out on stage, there came a deafening roar from his female supporters. Which were the entire female population of the planet. (laughs) The screaming continued for a full 40 minutes, but when it subsided, the president finally spoke. My fellow Spermartians, I stand here humbled by the task before us, grateful for the trust you have bestowed, mindful of the sacrifice born of our ancestors. I thank President Rupert for his service to our planet, as well as the generosity and seed that he gave in his passing. It's not an exaggeration to say the entire next generation of Spermartians are only where they are today, thanks to him. (laughs) I didn't know you were going to do Kennedy. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. That's awesome. (laughs) It was... a noticeable accent that I could almost do. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The speech was okay, Harry thought as he half listened <laughs> to it while playing Invader Survivor on his space phone. <laughs> hey, Harry, look! Iggy whispered. Doesn't that guy look just like you? Iggy pointed to one of the president's bodyguards. He was definitely a Spermartian, being pale, tall, thin, but muscular but his head was nowhere near as large as the president's. He doesn't look anything like me. He's bald, (laughs) Harry said, running his fingers through his snow-white locks. Yeah, but he's got that big daddy beefcake look you got going on. After the speech was over, Harry and Iggy stood in line with the other diplomats to meet briefly with the new president. A rock man bodyguard introduced them when it was their turn. Mr. President, this is Harry. No last name given. And his guest, Iggy88. They represent the Minerman Corporation. The president offered a gloved hand for a handshake. Ah, yes. I've heard of you. You were friends with President Rupert. Harry ignored the offered hand. You mean Rupert the pervert? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harry then walked past the president to the bodyguard they had seen earlier said, hey, you work out, and struck up a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Noticing Ari had wandered off, Iggy took the president's hand and shook it. 
That was an awesome speech, Mr. President. I especially liked how it appealed to organic life forms, which I am. I hope I, I hope you will never get an fucking out. I hope you will never get assassinated. <laughs> the president looked around to his security detail. Am I in danger? <laughs> no one answered. The rock men and that one buff Spermartian security guard were all busy having an impromptu flexing competition with Ari. <laughs> the president was in danger, but not for the reasons he thought. Screams began to pop up throughout the auditorium. Through the glass window in the ceiling could be seen the hull of what appeared to be a massive spacecraft. A voice came from the craft, so loud it shattered the glass of the auditorium and could be heard all throughout the Spermartian capital. Within the zillions, there is no more kink-shaming. We share one <laughs> mind and many fetishes. Come with us. Do not resist. Come with us. <laughs> Iggy's android mind processed all the available information quickly and came to one conclusion. He believed he knew the answer to the question, but still had to ask. He looked the president in the eye and asked, Did you use it? No. Uh, I mean, use what? The president cowered and blinked <laughs> repeatedly at the accusation. It wouldn't be hard for you. Iggy continued. The Spamartians are the most technologically advanced species in the universe. You recreated the forbidden interneural technology from 2,000 years ago. That's why everyone has that shared memory of the Spermartian Bordian. It was meant to be subtle. We had no choice, the president admitted. We tried once with a simple blip. We simply predicted an image of a dead Spermartian throughout the universe. It was meant to reside in the subconscious of all sentient life. Even though physical contact is a matter of life and death for us Spermartians, the other species continued to stand way too close to us in the subway. <laughs> and to pass over our laps ass first at the movie theater. So we sent stronger <laughs> and stronger mental images. Until finally we realized... We needed to send a full memory of a family member witnessing their child's death firsthand for assholes to finally be able to sympathize with us. And look what you've brought upon yourselves now. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that he drops the accent for that yeah. line. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded more like just an a like a disappointed mom, you know. <laughs> Well, that's me. Iggy looked at Ari, who was engaged in some kind of elaborate new handshake with the Spermartian bodyguard that the two of them had apparently just <laughs> invented. Ari, did you catch all that exposition? <laughs> no. No. Me and Brendan here were busy, Ari replied. You're allowed to fight monsters. Ari nodded. That was all he needed to hear. He gritted his teeth whipped his wrist around in a quarter-circle motion forward two times quickly, and his right arm ripped open, twisted, folded back, and the beam of a space saber shot out from his weaponized prosthetic. <laughs> An army of black-armored troops burst in through the auditorium entrance, but that army wasn't ready for Aerie. With a single swing of his space saber, Aerie decapitated three of the Zillion's crusaders at once. 
he tore through the crowd of soldiers, three at a time, howling with rage and laughter as he slaughtered. Ari then whipped his wrist forward, and then into a semicircle back, his prosthetic arm again transformed into a cannon, and Ari fired in the general direction of the door where the army was pouring in from. Limbs and guts flew everywhere, but the troops never flinched or retreated. Eventually, Ari was overwhelmed and found himself surrounded. He switched his arm back into a space saber. Every crusader's face was masked by a black helmet, so Ari couldn't tell which of them were speaking to him. In this universe, thought is antagonistic to the natural state. But there is another way. A way to true understanding and acceptance. Look around you. Every one of the zillions that you see was once like you. Within the zillions, there is no more kink-shaming. We share one mind and many fetishes. Come with us. Do not resist. Come with us. <laughs> Each of our bodies that you cut down will be replaced. It is meaningless, like cutting off a single hair or a toenail. Brendan, the Spermartian bodyguard, suddenly lifted one of the zillions surrounding Aerie and tossed them into the crowd, creating an opening for Aerie to escape. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan, Aerie said. Brendan simply grunted in response. He then pointed to the stage where Iggy and the Spermartian president were being carried off by more of the zillions. Put them down! Ari shouted. No! <laughs> said one of the zillions, standing near Ari. I wasn't talking to you. Every one of the zillions in the room sighed. Do we need to explain how a hive mind works? No! Ari lied. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a hive mime is. It's like, so simple. I shouldn't even have to say. I shouldn't even have to say that I know what it is, because, like, everyone knows, right? But I bet you couldn't even explain to me what it is, because you're so stupid. <laughs> you're the stupid one. While we're having this conversation, we have already gotten what we came for. Every one of the zillions turned and retreated from the auditorium, and the great ship above was soon nowhere to be seen. Iggy and the Spermartian president were likewise unable to be found. Ari and Brendan stood atop a pile of armored bodies that the zillions left behind. Ari's not usually the one to make the plans, so without Iggy or Nova here to tell him what to do, he was completely lost. What now? Ari asked Brendan. Follow him. <laughs> Brendan grunted back. Where? Brendan shrugged silently. And then a mysterious voice called out to them. I might be able to help you. To be continued. <laughs> oh man, I was so... Uh. No, it's <clears throat> it's good to go back to those old characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah! They, yeah. I... They had a refreshing dynamic. Yeah. I love them. I... I liked to bring them back. I'm glad you guys liked them, too. Yeah. At first, I, I thought but... you were going to do, like, an alternate start to your story. <laughs> that, was the, that was the joke. That was the idea. Yeah. I... <laughs> Dear listeners, that's how his story kind of started off in a similar way. So, yeah. If you ever want to go give our old show a listen, I mean... It's on YouTube. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was free It's before. on YouTube, and it's also on mm -hmm. you, I guess. <laughs> In this case. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, it started similarly before, but uh, yeah, if you had listened to everything like like only Jared and Adam have, then <laughs> you would know that there were some differences. But <laughs> yeah. so basically, just for me and Jared, thank yeah. I really appreciate yeah. it. No one's ever written me a story specifically like that before. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I'm glad that you you kind of you caught on to that. I was slightly nervous um starting a story that I don't know how it's going to finish like with your babies too. You you're literally giving us the keys to your babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I mean, not nervous cuz it's not like I'm worried about how it'll turn out cuz whatever you want to do is fine with me. Now I'm curious um, why I Iggy starts up with a key. Like someone has to turn turn <laughs> a key in his fucking like the back of his neck, like a like a car. I <laughs> I don't know. That. He's never needed to before, but <laughs> could have like one of those wind up dials on the on his back. Maybe I don't know what you guys are gonna do to him. That's he is fine. A, he though, is an I android. Guess. He is. He's. Spent yeah. large amounts of time by himself though before, so yeah. I don't I don't know that he <laughs> that's a key. But if you guys can find a way to figure it out and make it work. I mean also he usually fits in with humans, so Yeah. yeah. I mean I don't know that he looks like a like a wind up toy soldier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never ex you never you never uh, what's the word? Not explain. You never describe him, so no, I I never lots, really did. Lots he... about Aries muscles. Not a lot about Iggy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and his robot muscles. Uh, he's he blends in is the idea, but uh the only note I had about him before at some point was that he has brown hair. Yeah. Okay, so he's and basically Harry Brown. Spacist. He <laughs> Yeah. What was this, So uh what's his first ship called? The the rat scallions are second class people. Yeah, <laughs> second oh, class citizens. Yeah. One. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if most yeah. of them are like Greg the Rat Man, then you know, or is that just a guy with a rat tail? <laughs> uh, kind of Greg the Rat Man was was a rat scallion who did oh, not okay. know that he was a rat scallion because he also grew up on this planet where now is the rat tail um, on his ass or on the yeah. back of his neck or both. I I left it at rat tail because when I I wrote it I meant I meant his his tail like his butt tail yeah but when I read it I instantly thought of the hairstyle yeah, yeah that's and where I figured... my my brain went was I could this, tell it was when you said he has a rat like, tail nice I was like yeah, yeah. he's got like I figured that, why wouldn't he have both yeah he's got like he's that got teenager both. half mustache like not really grown in completely. Oh God! Just yeah, a long braid of rat tail down his back. <laughs> oh God! Hasn't showered he in is, weeks. He is pathetic. Yeah. Little does he know if he just takes that rat tail and puts it a little bit to the side, have it come down from behind his ear. Totally classy. And he's a Padawan. <laughs> yeah. Truly, Padawans are the trailer trash of the future. <laughs> I know that you guys said before that you might not be the best judges, but. Um... Did you guys think this story sounded like something you could just come yeah, into yeah, without no, necessarily it, knowing everything? There was enough detailing of specifics that I think you can just jump into it. There were a couple of moments where I was like, oh, that might not. But 
they were like okay. so only a couple. Okay. I think I think it feels like the the universe is really big, and there is a lot of stuff that you explain, and there's some stuff that like you don't you just don't have time to cover. But yeah. Um, yeah. you like we remember, so you can let us fill those parts in for you in the next stories. Like we remember how. Um, uh, interracial marriages produce half and half dudes, right? <laughs> like yeah, split down yeah. the middle, yeah. <laughs> like d- d- yeah. right down the middle, yeah. Yeah. I suppose sometimes ending with ending in the in the death of the kid. I, I mean, I don't know how like half rock man, half squid would work out very well. Uh, but uh, there was a there was a major character that was half rock man, half human, which I also imagine his rock man half was like twice as big as his human <laughs> half. My like, God. Like, so I figure anything will work. Just kind of drag along, and he hops with the rock. Yeah. I guess uh, whichever direction he dresses in <laughs> is going to choose which direction he's going to end up having for uh, for uh, you. Well, you, you know what I'm saying. His penis. He, yes. he wears he wears large pants. <laughs> and that's all I need to know. I need to know three things. Yeah. One, what's his name? Two, uh, I don't know. Three, his penis. <laughs> Well, that's those are my questions for to, that guy. Well, that guy doesn't necessarily need to come back, but yeah, I um several times I found myself writing out something to like explain something that I thought at first was going to be like super important, like oh, they got to know this thing about about my universe. They got to know this thing. They got to know the freaking family tree of this character. Yeah. And in the end I was like, no, they don't. No. Not in this story. Yeah. It... So a brief blurb about it could work, or well, would some be. if it was well. even important. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot I cut out of this story because it just wasn't, and you know you might never need to know yeah. it or even care. Yeah, but like good writing advice that you get in like you know high school writing classes <laughs> is that you know um, you should know about your world and yeah, about yeah. your characters when you write it. So, like, you know, in my high school class, when we created a character, we had to, like, write down a list of their hobbies and their favorite food and all that stuff. And it's like, you're not going to ever, you know, it's not like a character's just going to say, like, oh, my favorite food is ravioli. But when they go to a <laughs> restaurant, if there's ravioli on the menu, then they order it. Yeah. And it's like, you knew that that was going to happen, but the audience doesn't need to know no. it's just good stuff to have yeah. in in the yeah. back of your mind so i figured i've got this well established universe but i don't need to tell you guys everything some things just are you know yeah so yeah so i had a long list of alien races and i don't need to tell you who the climax avians are if you <laughs> don't know they're just you know they're there yeah and if they show up later then they show up I really love how you made the zillions into coomers. Yeah. <laughs> and the first planet they attack is the planet of people who die from cooming. So, very well, thematic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I tried to explain <laughs> in the story why they would have shown up there first. And either you guys will pick it up and continue it, or you'll come up with a different reason. So, yeah. yeah. Whoever writes next yeah. is going to have to have a lot to work with. I, yeah, I don't want to tell you too much because yeah. I'm not telling you what to write in the next part. Um, and I, I'm excited to to hear this story wrapped up 
within three episodes because that was the other thing about our last show was that I wrote <laughs> what thirty thirty episodes of yeah, a story yeah. that was <clears throat> the same story. <laughs> this story. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice if this could get wrapped up quickly. <laughs> My favorite part is how you made the zillions and akumers and uh and then had them attack the planet of people who are highly susceptible to to the advances of the physical nature. <laughs> I don't know if our dear listeners know much about sperm sperm Martians, but it is it is in the name. Um, established lore that they die upon ejaculation and they ejaculate at the drop of a hat. <laughs> a stiff breeze. Literally. But otherwise they're immortal. A hat will make them ejaculate, yes. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stuff like a, like they've got jackets lined with sandpaper to make sure that they're never actually comfortable and I was going to go into a long bit about how the president was wearing one of those but then it just ended up being unnecessary so I yeah. cut it. But hey, now it's yeah, here. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Eh. For anyone who but listens yeah, this they, far, they do. And you know, like people want to that's what the president was complaining about. Just like a little courtesy, you know, it's it's a matter of life and death for you to not s- stand that close to them on the subway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unlike in real life, where it's just a matter of fucking human decency. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice coming back to uh, the familiar universe, you know? Fun seeing old characters again that I haven't really thought about since <laughs> we switched up the show. Yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, the... The whole Spermartians are always so funny to me. Just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous evolutionary improbability, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I came up with the, well, I came up with the, with the Spermartian race um, before playing uh, Mass Effect. And then afterwards, I was like, they're like the total opposite of that blue alien chick race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't you insinuate that your wife had like come up with part of it and she's like, I want no part in this. <laughs> <laughs> she she was taking college classes um, and, and in one of her books, she learned the word spermarsh, <laughs> which a young man's spermarsh is the first time they um ejaculate the first time they ejaculate and it's it's often like in the form of a wet dream you know yeah and uh yeah so spermarsh is a clinical term and my my stupid brain went uh, spermartian <laughs> <laughs> and then and then instantly in my mind i came up with this with like like i mean i didn't come up with it i feel like instantly my brain was like Race of aliens that die when they spermarsh. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, yeah, it was like everything came in. And so I was, we were sitting in the car. And so she's forced to sit there and listen to me go on about like, Tomo, you just gave me an idea. And when I explained the whole thing to her, she was like, I didn't, I didn't help you come up with that idea. No. <laughs> All right. Well. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I am I am very happy that uh, it felt like something that we could just kind of pick up with. 
and yeah. very happy that it's just something that I can now let you guys have. So <laughs> do whatever you want with it. Oh yeah. If you wanna if you wanna kill Ari, go for it. Uh I don't think I'll do that. He's too he's far too fun to have around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Him and rat, Ragfucker and really any of the rat scallions. Those are all my favorite characters. <laughs> Purdue. Okay, well. Yeah, um if you bring back Purdue for some reason, <laughs> then you'll either have to explain who that is in your story or just you know, not necessarily explain everything, but just let him be there. Feel free to use whatever characters you want. Just remember that probably uh, most of the audience won't know what you're talking about if you just go pretend yeah. rocked up and said, Hi, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all right. I'll, I'll I be believe good. in you. That's why I'm I doing don't. this. So, uh, so, thank you, Adam and Jared, for taking over my story. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Be sure to rate, review on iTunes and whatever other format you're listening to. Subscribe, follow, yeah, all that. And follow us on the social media that I probably have going by frickin' episode 13 or whatever this is. <laughs> and I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.